Okay, so today we hear about James and John in the reading of the day, but we celebrate St. Philip Neri. And I think there's a good connection here because in this James and John, we see Matthew's version. I'm sorry, Mark's version. Now in Matthew's version, what happened? It was the mother who asked. So in Matthew, we see the mother asking, maybe to protect the son's reputation. Maybe Matthew was saying, hey, you know, I got to kind of protect James and John here and um, inserted the mother. But here, Mark shows the human side of the apostles, the side that we see them asking Jesus themselves <clears throat> for a little bit of honor and glory. Maybe not in a bad way. But James and John showed ambition. And we got to be careful with that because in spite of all Jesus said to them about humility, they still have some of this ambition. Now, this is slightly misguided, yes, but James and John still believed and followed Jesus. This is the key. So God can work with us. As I said a few days ago, God will meet us where we're at. He meets you at the starting line. Even if your starting line is 50 yards back behind other people, he will meet you where you're at. Don't think I'm too broken to get started. I'm not even going to try this race. Like if you said to me, Father Chris, you want to run a 26-mile marathon? I'm like, no way, I can't do it. Somebody said to me back a few years ago that they wanted to do a 5K. It's like, nah, I can't do that. And ended up, they kind of talked me into it and I did it and did okay. So this is the thing that we got to realize. With God's help, all is possible. Now, James is the first. James. So we're talking about James and John, brothers, right? He is the first and only apostle whose martyrdom is mentioned in the New Testament. Yes, and he was beheaded, they think, around 44 AD, so about a decade after our Lord's death. Now, he was executed, tradition says, by Herod himself in Jerusalem for what many believe was a fiery temper. Remember, God would rather a super hot or a super cold than this lukewarm. Look at Paul. Paul was completely heading in the wrong direction, but he was passionate. He had fervor. And so God's like, I can work with that. Just don't give me this lukewarmness. This is what I can't work with. Indifference. And you got passion, even if it's misguided. I can work with that. Just have some passion. Care. And this is what's so beautiful about these live streams, that people like you that have been dedicated to joining us on a daily basis. It's beautiful. And so anyway, legend has it that after James was executed, that uh, the angels took his remains on a boat back to Spain. Now, before that, he had labored in Spain for many years. And his remains there are at St. James de Compostela. If you've never been there, it's part of the way. Uh, it's a huge pilgrimage area. So anyway, he drank the chalice. What does Jesus mean that you'll drink the chalice that I drink? You'll share in this martyrdom. Now, John was interesting, though, because he also drank the chalice, but he was the only one not martyred. So then how did he drink the chalice? He was boiled, actually, in a huge thing of oil. 
in Rome, but survived and lived to almost 100, some say even 100. So for him, the cup, the chalice, was that constant discipline and struggle of living a daily life for 100 years. So this is where you come in. When you say, gee, there's got to be more to life than this, this daily struggle, there's got to be more. This is your chalice. The more faithful you are to your vocation, even as I said a couple days ago, even if you missed your vocation, you know, um, like I said, the young lady who talked to me, I was supposed to be a nun, Father. Now I'm only a wife and a mother. Really? Only? No, that's God meeting where you're at. Even if you were to be a nun, he's going to say, okay, now be the best wife and mother you can. And so today you are drinking your daily chalice. Is it the grind of getting up, getting ready for work, taking care of children, going shopping, making dinner, whatever it would be, helping with homework, fighting with the spouse, paying the bills, getting through traffic. This is our daily chalice. Suffering, the pain that we are enduring, uh, the headaches you might have, the body aches that you might have, the emotional struggle, your children not speaking to you, are they falling away from the faith? All of this is our daily chalice. James faced it physically in martyrdom. John faced it in spiritual martyrdom. What a great combination for us to see what it means to drink of the chalice. And so this is the message. It's quite wrong to think that for a Christian, the cup must always mean martyrdom. It doesn't. The cup may mean this long routine of our Christian daily life with all the daily sacrifices and struggles. So be the best that you can be at that. All right, the saints tell us, not that we accomplish great things, but that we are faithful in small things. That's what the saints' message of the whole saints. And we're going to get to St. Philip Neri in a minute. So why did Jesus then say that the final decision was not his? So they came and they asked him to sit at his right and left, but he said, that decision isn't mine. Why did Jesus say that? Okay, while he lived a human life, he was constantly obedient to the Father. He did not claim his own rights as God. And so he's saying this is basically the father, as he says in, in Matthew's gospel. So a person here is not great because he has power and authority as the world thinks, because Jesus' kingdom in heaven, the great person is the servant. That's why the Pope's official title is the servant of the servants of God. We are the servants of God, and the Pope is the servants of the people. The Pope is the servant of the servants of God. That's what makes greatness in God's kingdom. So, Jesus gave the example. Those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles will lord it over them. What does that mean? I've explained this once or twice before, but I think it's important because we hear this. Those who rule over whatever their um, responsibilities are in life with an iron fist, sometimes are said to be lording it over them, meaning over the people. Now, sometimes discipline is needed. It's very important. We just can't have total license. You know, um, Father Kaz is our superior, has to instill discipline. If there's somebody not doing something or needs to be done, his job is to correct them. That's not a bad thing. But Father Kaz doesn't lord it over us. He allows us to find the path God has it on, has us on. 
And we're all grateful for that. So Jesus says, it will not be this way among you. You're not going to lord it over the people. It's basically telling them what kind of leadership. So the church is not to operate the way the world does over the iron fist, like socialism and communism. That's not the way of the church. The way of the church is Christ's way. So anyway, every man has to learn. Basically, our Lord's message is that true greatness lies not in dominance, but in service. Service. Willing to lay your life down for another. All right. This is what Jesus did when he said he will give his life as a ransom for many. So basically, that's what he's basically saying here. He's saying, I will give my life as a ransom for many. No greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for another, right? This is what we're going to be celebrating on Monday along with the visitation is Memorial Day. Those soldiers who gave the ultimate sacrifice of laying their life down so that I could be here today and you could be here listening. That's the ultimate sacrifice. No greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for another. And so this is true service. All right, Jesus is the one who stands in place and offers himself as that perfect example. This is why Jesus died on the cross, but we got to accept that grace. Don't be lukewarm. All right, Lord, I know I'm suffering. I'm broken. My gosh, I got a million faults, but you know what? I have absolute desire to follow you, be your disciple. And then God can work with that. So anyway, let's finish real quick to say a few words on St. Philip Neri. You know, St. Philip Neri is a great example, and he ties into all of this. He's, he's is a really super saint because he could have inherited his uncle's fortune, um, but like many before him, many saints, um, he felt that that wasn't his, what he was called to do. He had a religious conversion, and so he no longer cared for things of the world, just like we've been talking about, and he chose the religious, and he went to Rome in 1533, and he met Ignatius of Loyola. Can you imagine two power hitters there, right? And which he shows the impact that saints can have on people. Because look at St. Ignatius of Loyola did for St. Philip Neri. Now, what happened was the story of this heroic life and death of St. Francis Xavier, another great saint, inspired Philip. So he's like, I want to be like that. People always say, I get these letters in the mail from non-Catholics just slamming the saints, just vile and, 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 and just critical and slamming the saints. And I'm not criticizing the people who are writing. That's why God brings them to us. But why would you think that's such a horrible thing to see a great example of somebody that lived a life that followed Christ that we want to be an example of? That's the purpose of the saints. We don't worship the saints. The purpose of the saint is to show us it can be done. I denied my vocation for years because I didn't think I could live a celibate life, but the saints before me showed me it can be done. It can be done. That's the beauty of the saints. We don't worship them. They're the example that gives us of the, it can be done. My gosh, it can be done. If nobody had ever, ever run a four-minute mile before, was it Bannister, whoever, whoever it was that ran that four-minute mile, then nobody would have ever thought, well, nobody in the world could ever run a four-minute mile. Nobody would ever try. Nobody would ever think it's possible. It is possible. This is what the saints do for us. 
And so he was great at that as an example. His desire was to establish a close human bond with God first, neighbor next. And even if it meant being, <laughs> this is funny, he was a real um, uh, comedian, right? And, and he really bonded with the people. He became one of them. He was real. Unlike many saints of the time that were very staunch, he was one of the people. And this is why he's so appealing. He used to get into wine drinking contests, right? Practical jokes, and many what people would call undignified behavior. He was a real guy, right? And he had a fiery temper just like James. Perfect that this is the reading today. He had a great sense of humor, however, and he even put a duck on the altar. Our people would be scandalized by that. And he put the duck on the altar because he's like, I don't want to fall into ecstasy and, and during the mass and have the whole mass stop. And so he had, he, he, he had a, a real human heart. All right. And so he acted this way to conceal his emotions or to put him himself on the level with those around him. He was a real guy. His heart, it was discovered was four times larger than normal. That's just like St. John Vianney, right? And his body was autopsied, right? And when it was, it was found that two of his ribs had been broken, which was, they said, attributed to the expansion of his heart. Can you imagine? You got a heart so big that it cracks your ribs? <laughs> It's amazing. And he said that when he was fervently praying in the catacombs in the year 1545, he was just a young guy. <clears throat> and his heart, he was so fervently praying that his heart expanded and literally cracked his ribs. How could you find fault with the saints? How dare you honor that saint? My gosh, the guy's got a heart so big he cracks his ribs. I think that's a guy I want to read about. I think that's a guy that I want to follow. We should all do that. So anyway, to finish, he started an order called the Oratarians. We probably heard that term before, but what's an Oratarian? I bet you didn't think about this. It means those who would ring a bell to call the laity to the oratory. We have an oratory here. Praise be to God. It's opening back up to the public next week. So praise be to God that we're going to be opening back up here in our oratory at the Bering Helper Center. So if you're on our grounds, come see us. Praise be to God. But anyway, that's what the oratorians did. They would ring the bells calling the laity to the oratory. And he said the best form of prayer was to read and meditate on the saints. <laughs> Here's a saint telling you the best form of prayer is to read and meditate on the saints. Wow, that's awesome. Not just out of curiosity, but with the intent to follow them. So anyway, he's the patron saint of Rome. That's where he lived. And check this out. He's the patron of the United States Special Military Forces. We're going to get ready to celebrate them on Monday. So what a perfect saint today to be able to prepare for that. He had a lot of humor and joy. That was what designated him. His slogan was, we take ourselves too seriously most of the time. Don't necessarily always do that. Humor is a gift from God. Don't be afraid to use it. Well, but Father, nowhere in the scripture does it says Jesus laughed. Yeah, okay, it didn't. But the Bible also says tons of things Jesus said and did are not in the Bible. 
Don't believe me? Last chapter of the Gospel of John. I think it's the last paragraph. So don't think just because the Bible doesn't say Jesus laughed, they didn't laugh. My good friend Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen, is a perfect example. What makes that series so powerful is that he captures the real humanness of Jesus. In that series, he's always smiling and laughing. That's beautiful. This is what St. Mary's, uh, Neary, Philip Neary's message is to us. So anyway, he is the patron saint of hoaxers. So interesting, right? He said there was holiness in humor. And you know what else he said? The worst thing of all is to be indifferent. That was the message we just talked about. Don't be lukewarm. Be passionate. And there is nothing that should invoke in us more passion than the beauty and truth of our faith and this Mass. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.